We're going to jump into a full preview for this Sunday Night Football matchup, but we are doing a sub battle with our Vikings channel hosted by Patrick Seatman here at Chat Sports, and we are deadlocked. Zero to zero to start things out of the gates here, so help us take down Vikings now in subscribers before kickoff on Sunday. Join the channel if you have not already. Well, 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 the game that everyone wanted to flex out of primetime is shaping up to be one of the best games of Week 11. You've got the Denver Broncos riding a three-game winning streak. Coming into town is the five-game winning streak Minnesota Vikings led by Josh Dobbs, something I did not think I'd be talking about just a few short weeks ago. But here we are. So we're going to preview this game. We're going to get to know both teams, and then we're going to run through my five keys to victory. Now, I do want to start off by saying this. I do not believe this is a must-win game, but I think this is a can't-lose game. And I know those things kind of mean the same thing, but they also don't, right? Is your season over if you lose? No, you would unfortunately go from 4-5 to five to 4-6, and six, but you could still go on a run potentially. However, this is just too good of an opportunity to pass on to get back to 500. It's never easy winning in the NFL. But when you're at home, that obviously increases your chances of winning. And then when you're going up against a team who's on their backup quarterback, you have to feel a little bit better. Not even their backup. Like, I don't even know what you call Josh Dobbs. He's their new starter that they traded for, but he was originally going to be the back. It's, it's a complete mess. So, listen, it's not a must-win game, but you can't lose this type of opportunity at home on Sunday Night Football. Now, there is still a long ways to go until the playoffs, but if you want to... You know, be a little bit of a freak right now, a little bit of a sicko, and look and see where Denver is in the playoff picture. There is still some ground to be made up. However, you have the Pittsburgh Steelers, who I don't think are very good at all. The Cleveland Browns were dealt a crushing blow today, losing to Sean Watson. Can't believe this, but C.J. Stroud and the Texans are currently in the playoff picture. So if they can hold on, they would get the seventh seed. However, I don't think these results are going to stay true come the end week of 18. Now, let's get to know the Broncos and the Vikings just off the numbers here before we start really getting into the nitty-gritty. Denver comes in with the 15th best scoring offense. Meanwhile, Minnesota is just a hair ahead of them, averaging 23.3 points per game. Vikings got a pretty average defense in terms of points allowed, whereas that 70-burger is still holding down Denver as the worst defensive football for points allowed. Turnover differential, though, favors the Broncos, especially after forcing nine turnovers the last two games but the big story right now in the twin cities is joshua dobbs he was traded from the cardinals to the vikings just to kind of be a backup for jaron hall slash maybe if hall does not play well after a few weeks they turn to dobbs however jaron hall suffered a concussion early in his first start josh dobbs took over and the rest has been history he has been must-see tv through the first seven quarters of his vikings career but we know this is a week-to-week -week league, and sometimes you're on top of the world, and very quickly, you're at the bottom of the valley. But let me know, what are your score predictions for this game? I'm going to give you my score prediction at the very end of the video, so make sure you stick around for that. But I want to know what your score predictions are right now in the comment section. Here are my keys to victory for the Broncos. Make Dobbs a pocket passer. Uh, Josh Dobbs is a very athletic quarterback. He's a mobile quarterback, but I think what we found more so is not about who Denver is playing. 
It's about what Denver's doing themselves, right? It's one of those moments where don't worry about the other team for a second. Worry about what you can control. And Vance Joseph's defense has had a dramatic turnaround. And let's kind of roll the tape a little bit as to why. I mean, let's go back to Monday Night Football, all right? Second quarter, third and five. Josh Allen only has a three-man rush. Vance Joseph is putting eight guys back in coverage, and he's only sending three. This was a trend I noticed throughout the game that is becoming a new development for this defense. Fast forward to the end of the second quarter. Now it's on first and 10, right? So it's not even on an obvious passing down. Denver is dropping everyone back in coverage. They are forcing the quarterback to kind of sit in the pocket, put a spy on him in the middle of the line of scrimmage, and just make Josh Allen or any quarterback pick them apart through the air. They are not trying to get beaten on a one-on-one matchups. Fast forward to the third quarter now. Another third down situation, third and 10. This time, Vance Joseph, he's going to show a lot of pressure. Let's count them out. One, two, three, four, five, six guys pretty close to the line of scrimmage. We got one slot corner, so we can round it down to five if you'd like. But roll the tape here, and look what happens. After those five guys line up at the line of scrimmage, only three go after the quarterback. And check out Zach Allen in the middle right now. Zach Allen has quietly been an unsung hero for this team's defense the last couple of weeks. But Vance Joseph showing pressure and then dropping guys back in coverage, testing the quarterback, forcing the quarterback to beat them in the pocket. Same thing goes here. Fast forward to the fourth quarter. Another third and obvious passing situation. Count them out with me. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That, all 11 guys are on screen right now. Denver's going to show engage eight, which is ironic because that's what Buffalo did that cost them pass interference at the end of the game. But watch what Vance Joseph really dials up here. Okay, ball is snapped, and all of a sudden, there's only three guys going after the quarterback. So they are throwing different looks at quarterbacks, and they are disguising blitz packages. They are dropping players in coverage. They are not trusting their DBs outside of Pat Sertan in one-on-one matchups. They are giving them support. They've got athletic linebackers, okay? When you look at Denver's front five, Jonathan Cooper, Baron Browning, Nick Benito, these are not old men. These are guys with... A lot of uh, spring in their step. They can run with players in the flat and over the middle of the field. Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton are some of the fastest off-ball linebackers in football. So they are putting their linebackers in spots to sit back in coverage, and they want quarterbacks to beat them from the pocket. And we saw on Monday night that was not possible with Josh Allen. So if Allen can't do it, something tells me Dobbs will not have much more success. Second key to victory. Improved red zone offense. This red zone offense is not where we would like it to be. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm very happy with this team riding a nice three-game winning streak, but let's not be complacent, right? Let's not be settlers. Let's strive for more. Denver in the red zone this year, 17 for 31. That's a touchdown percentage of 54.8. Now, that's not the worst in the NFL. In fact, it's pretty much right dab in the middle, 16th in the NFL. But we can do better, and the Broncos should be striving to do better. So how can they correct their red zone woes? Well, let's start by running the football a little bit better in the red zone and also cleaning up the penalties, right? McGlinchey, Cushenberry, two guys that were penalized early and often in that uh, win against Buffalo. You can skate by with the way the Broncos won on Monday Night Football maybe once a year where they can't 
Buffalo can't count to 12 men on the field and Denver gets a win. And You don't apologize for wins, but you surely cannot bank on the opposing team having 12 men on the field every time you line up for a walk-off field goal potentially that you end up missing. But all that gets erased because of the penalties. So the point I'm trying to make here is sure, the win's awesome. Enjoy the win. Don't apologize for the win. There's no asterisks around it, but it's just not something you can do every single week. Rely on the other team having a crucial mistake at the end of the game. Now, another thing is Denver has had a major issue of running the football near the red zone or in the red zone and near the end zone. In fact, Denver has one rushing touchdown this season. That's dead last in the league. We're entering week 11. This team has played 10 games. One rushing touchdown so far. That's just not going to be able to be something that helps your offense maintain leads and take leads and whatnot throughout the course of an entire season. They have to get better at running the ball in the red zone. Third key to victory for the Broncos, capitalize off of turnovers. Denver's defense is doing an unbelievable job of taking the ball away every time they step on the field right now. There is no better feeling as a football fan than having a level of excitement when your defense comes on the field knowing, hey, every time they drop back to pass, I kind of feel like they're going to get interception, right? That is the ultimate football experience right there if your offense is going to be dragging you behind a little bit. And right now, Denver's defense is giving Broncos country that. But the Broncos have forced 16 turnovers this season, and they have only scored 25 points off of those turnovers. 16 times Denver's defense has taken it away. Only 25 points to show for. I mean, we're averaging, what, not even two points a turn, like one and a half points a turnover, just two touchdowns, three field goals. You're not going to get opportunities like this every single week. And so when you do get a plethora of turnovers, you have to capitalize on them. Denver flew close to the sun with four, turn, four takeaways against Buffalo and only six points to show for as a result and still found a way to win. But once again, that is not something you can rely on every single week. So when your defense comes up with big plays, you have to reward them. Now, support for today's show comes in from Prize Picks. Thanks to Prize Picks, I've had some of the most fun watching football and winning up to 25 times my money this season. And now I can play during basketball season too. You just select two or more players, pick more or less than on their projected stats, and place your entry. Testing my skills on prize picks this season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 with just a few taps. Now, for this upcoming weekend slate of games, here's who I am selecting. I like the more on C.J. Stroud, one and a half passing touchdowns. He has been awesome. He's the front runner for NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. Travis Kelsey plus Jason Kelsey. It's the Kelsey Bowl all over again. I'll take the more on half a touchdown. I'm going to rely more on Travis than Jason for that. Jalen Hurts, more than half a rushing touchdown. And then C.D. Lamb, more than 88 and a half receiving yards. Go to prizepicks.com slash CLNS and use code CLNS for a first deposit match up to $100. The link for that is in the comments and description of today's video. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Fourth key to victory for the Broncos. Take a few more vertical shots. Now, this is going to sound a bit counterintuitive because when Russ was in Seattle, it was all about let Russ cook, right? And then Russ came to Denver. 2022, and we quickly found out why Pete Carroll 
turned the burners off on letting Russ cook. And it was, hey, let's run the football. And they got away from that at the start of the year. Now they've gotten to running the football, and they're winning games, right? So why are we talking about undoing what has been a very good solution for the Broncos' offensive struggles, and that is running the football? Well, because Russell Wilson's having the best year in Denver of his career, and the best year in quite some time, honestly, since uh, maybe 2020 or 2021. But I want you to look at some of the advanced passing stats. Now, I know this is some real deep-level nerd stuff here, but just stick with me for a moment. Russell Wilson has 1,800 yards on the season. His average depth of target, right? How many yards down the line of scrimmage is Russell Wilson throwing the ball? 6.8 average yards, uh, average depth of target. That ranks 27th among quarterbacks, okay? How about completed air yards, right? I'm not talking about dumping it off on a screen and then Javante Williams running 35 yards himself. I want to know how many yards is Russell Wilson completing the ball through the air? 876 of his 1,800 yards. That is 25th in the NFL. 18 touchdowns to go along with all of those numbers. So on one hand, you're on a three-game winning streak. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? On the other hand, don't you think teams are going to start to pick up on this? Pick up on Russell Wilson's not pushing the ball down the field like he used to. Things are staying close to the line of scrimmage. Safeties are going to start creeping towards the box a little bit more. Linebackers aren't going to be dropping back in coverage. So I don't think it is sustainable for Denver to go on a true postseason run if they never ask Russell Wilson to throw it at least 10 yards past the line of scrimmage, right? This is a starting quarterback we're talking about here. This is the NFL in 2023, not 1920. You got to go for the big shot every once in a while. So I'm not saying do some dramatic overcorrection where Russell Wilson bombs it on first, second, and third down. No, but if you become too predictable on offense, it's going to create the opposing defenses of life, life a lot easier. So take a few deep shots every once in a while. Just keep the defense on their toes. But grade Russell Wilson this season, A, B, C, D, or F. For me, it's not an A grade and it's not an F grade, right? I don't think he's been a top three quarterback and only a few guys should really get A's. Definitely has not been a D or an F or even a C. I think Russell Wilson has been a B to B plus quarterback this year. We're seeing a dramatic improvement from last year. But when the bar was 16 touchdowns a year ago, let's not have a parade because he threw 18. No, let's just be happy that he's finally putting up Good to decent numbers as expected. Fifth key to victory for the Broncos. Keep playing the hits. Listen, Sean Payton and this locker room are gelling. They are in a rhythm right now. They know what to do. They are executing. This team is playing hard. This team never doubted themselves for starting off 1-5. They easily could have packed it up, traded Sutton, Judy, Simmons, and the whole gang. But they stuck together, and it is working. So this is just a little... Um, direct conversation to the to the Denver Broncos locker room, which is keep doing what you're doing. Like at the end of the day, I'm just some Broncos YouTuber. You guys obviously know a lot more than any average Joe does and any fan believes they do. But ultimately, Denver's doing a lot of really good things on offense and defense. Zach Allen's generating a lot of pressure. Samaj P. Ryan is coming up with key third down receptions, right? Fabian Moreau stepping in at CB2 and playing the best football of his NFL career. And you know what the funny thing is? If you notice these keys to victory, I don't have a single thing about slowing down Justin Jefferson 
who I think is going to play on Sunday night. Because that's the beauty of having Patrick Sertan II. You just have that peace of mind knowing, oh, they have Justin Jefferson. They have Devontae Adams. We have Pat Sertan. So it doesn't matter. He's going to wipe them off the face of the earth. That's going to do it for us on today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed our content. And if you did, like the video, comment, share, subscribe, all that YouTube cliche stuff. You know the dealio. And we'll see you all later. Thank you.